Welcome to the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. This October will mark half a millennium since the young priest Martin Luther ushered in the Protestant Reformation when he posted his Disputation on the Power of Indulgences of 1517, more commonly known as the 95 Theses. During the 15th century, there had for some time been questions and murmurings from within the Roman Catholic Church about the practice of indulgences, a type of pardon that counterbalanced the consequences of sin with meritous or charitable deeds. Indulgences were liberally awarded for good works and acts of devotion, Donations to a charitable cause, hospitals, schools, leper colonies, and the like could also be made, and an indulgence could be granted in exchange. But by the late Middle Ages, the Catholic Church's practice of indulgences became increasingly monetized and corrupt, and its penitential aspects were tarnished. As an example, in 1515, Pope Leo X offered indulgences to those who made financial contributions to the renovation of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, and in Germany, a friar named Johann Tetzel began to aggressively market these indulgences. Martin Luther saw in this a dangerous precedent and took great offense to the practice that he thought misrepresented forgiveness and salvation as something that could be bought or sold. So on October 31st of 1517, Luther posted his 95 Theses calling for debate on the issue of indulgences. It would be the start of a long series of controversial writings. In his letter, Luther questioned papal authority and outlined two ideas that would be central to Protestantism. One, that the Bible, rather than church officials, held ultimate religious authority, and two, that salvation came only through faith and divine grace. No human could acquire salvation by any good deed. Luther also placed a great importance on accessibility, believing that a congregation should be able to participate in church in their own native language, he translated the scriptures into German. In the same vein of democratization, Luther advocated for congregational singing instead of the pre-Reformation elaborate Latin services sung primarily by the celebrant and the choir. The one-two punch of vernacular language and congregational participation found its synthesis in the Lutheran chorale. The words of these German hymns emphasized key elements of the Protestant theology. Their musical settings were syllabic, simple and strong, metrical and melodic, and by design well-suited for group singing by parishioners. Some of the chorales were taken from Gregorian chant, or were adapted from popular secular songs and given new words. The majority, however, were original works composed by Luther or his musical collaborators. A first volume of chorales was published in 1524 by Johann Walter. Perhaps the most famous chorale, and the one that came to be most associated with the Reformation, was Martin Luther's Ein feste Burg ist unser Gott, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Celebrations and services abound on this, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. There are pilgrimages and organized tours to Wittenberg, where it all began. 
There are exhibits and conferences and presentations galore, and the presses are running hot with Luther biographies, not to mention the many, many recordings newly available. Today on the podcast, we'll sample just a few of those new CDs by way of the Anthem of the Reformation, Ein Festeborg. A 2017 Kairos recording called Luther Collage from the Kalamus Ensemble opens with the first verse of Martin Luther's original chorale melody. Ein feste Burg ist unser Gott, ein gute Wehr und Waffen. Ihr hilft uns frei aus aller Not, die uns jetzt hat betroffen. Der altböse Feind mit Ernst ihr's jetzt meint, groß macht und viel ist, sein grausam Rüstung ist, auf Erd ist nicht sein Gleiche. For the past 500 years, almost too many composers to count have used Luther's chorale text as a foundation for their own musical works. One early part setting of Ein Festeborg was written by Stefan Mahu, a Catholic composer active in Vienna, who nonetheless set some chorales for Georg Rau's Protestant hymnal of 1544. Here's the Kalamus Ensemble once again in Mahu's setting of the second verse of Ein Festeborg. <laughs> A Mighty Fortress also features in another recording, this time from Vox Luminous. Titled Luther and the Music of the Reformation, it includes Michael Praetorius's impressive 11-minute fantasy on Ein Festeborg. Born in 1571, Praetorius is most well-known for his dances from Terpsichore, but here we find him delving into the early 17th century's newly-minted genre of the choral prelude. Here's a taste of that lavish setting, played here by Bart Jacobs.
Protestantism spread quickly in 16th century Germany, rapidly dividing regions along religious and political lines. Per the Peace of Augsburg, the Rhineland and Bavaria remained Catholic, but by the time of J.S. Bach in the 18th century, Protestantism was predominant through much of Germany. Although October 31st became the official holiday only much later in the 19th century, annual commemorations of the Reformation were begun as early as 1567. Refashioned from one of his earlier cantatas, Bach's setting of Ein Festeburg in Cantata 80 was intended for one of these Reformation Day celebrations. Here's the choir of Clare College, Cambridge, with Clare Baroque, in some of the rousing fifth movement of BWV 80. This is from their 2017 Harmonia Mundi release. Cantata 80 ends with Bach's four-part harmonization of Luther's Ein Festeburg. Given Luther's directives regarding congregational participation, Leipzig churchgoers likely joined in singing on this final movement of the cantata. Another 18th-century composer, Georg Philipp Telemann, gives a very different treatment of Luther's chorale in his solo bass cantata with obbligato violin. While this text and tune are, as we've seen, more often than not set within the context of Reformation Day, Telemann's Ein Festeburg was a cantata written specifically for the Feast of St. Michael. Here's a movement from a world premiere recording of the work, put out in 2017 by Kammerkor Bad Homburg.
just over a decade after Luther's 95 Theses, the Articles of the Lutheran Faith, known as the Augsburg Confession, were drawn up in 1530. Three hundred years after that, Felix Mendelssohn composed a new symphony in commemoration of the Creed, using Luther's Ein Festeburg as the central theme of the final movement. Nicknamed the Reformation Symphony, the work missed its planned premiere for the festivities surrounding the tercentennial of the Augsburg Confession. Two subsequent performances also fell through, first in Paris and then in London, before Mendelssohn finally conducted the work in Berlin in November of 1832. But after an underwhelming reception there, Mendelssohn shelved the work, and it was only published posthumously in 1868. Mendelssohn was a Lutheran convert from Judaism and drew much of his musical inspiration from Lutheran church music, in particular that of J.S. Bach. In fact, Mendelssohn championed the music of Bach and was influential in reviving Bach's music, which by the 19th century had fallen out of style. In 1829, the same year that he would have been planning his Reformation Symphony, Mendelssohn led the first performance since Bach's time of the St. Matthew Passion. Mendelssohn was up to his elbows in Bach and Lutheran music during this period of his life, and so in this context, his Reformation Symphony comes as no surprise. Here's some of the final movement. We'll hear an intrepid period performance of this romantic work by the Freiburg Baroque Orchestra on their newest Harmonia Mundi release. Martin Luther's Ein Festeburg has woven through 500 years of history by way of many composers. Mahu, Pretorius, Bach, Telemann, Mendelssohn, these are only the very few at the tip of a very big iceberg. But if you would like to hear more from any of these recordings featured today, you can find links to them on our website. Just visit harmoniaearlymusic.org, and while you're there, have a look at our archive of podcasts and shows. This has been the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Thanks for listening.